Welcome back to You're Always Fine, a space to show up for yourself and embrace the mess that lives underneath because let's be real, it's exhausting always being fine. So grab your headphones and allow yourself to listen, laugh, and even cry because you are not alone and we aren't always fine. And that's okay. We are here for another episode of You're Always Fine. I'm your host, Christine. And I'm Teresa. Today, we are tackling the heavy burden of guilt. We all know that awful feeling of the pit in your stomach and your internal voice on repeat telling you, you did something wrong. Ready to dive into this complex emotion, TT? Yes, let's do it. Okay, let's start with defining guilt. Can you read the definition I sent you for everyone? Yes. So the American Psychological Association defines guilt as a self-conscious emotion characterized by a painful appraisal of having done or thought something that is wrong and often by a readiness to take action designed to undo or mitigate this. Why does everything in the APA have to be so wordy? But anyway, so in other (laughs) words, guilt is part of what encourages us to play by the rules, which for sure complicates things when you think about whose rules are you playing by? There's the obvious rules, like, I don't know, the law. But then there's societal rules, cultural rules, and then our own internal rules, which, of course, are our values. That internal guilt that we feel that causes so much distress is present when there's that internal conflict between what you have done or what you have failed to do and your values. I mean, let's be real. Guilt as an emotion has a lot of power. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is something I deal with on a daily basis. And over time, it it looks different, right? Like. As we age, we we grow, we age and grow, we never really outgrow guilt. It just looks different. So, for example, before I had kids, I was working in the hospital and I would be faced with picking up extra shifts to help out my coworkers. But that decision to pick up an extra shift would take time away from my husband and I. So, there's a dilemma, right? You have the guilt that I would feel if I didn't take up that shift and help out the people I work with versus, you know, not spending time with my husband. So, you know, I no longer work in healthcare, but I have kids now. And that that guilt is there, but it's very different and I I think much more intense. Like I deal with mom guilt, it's just an entirely different beast. You know, as a mom, you're always putting your kids first or at least you try your hardest to, but most of the time that means your time spent is either not on yourself it's lacking with your spouse. There's always somewhere that's lacking. And at the end of the day, I'm only one person and I can only be in one place at once, which makes life so difficult when you're trying to do everything you can for the people that you care about. So it's interesting what you just said there about um, you you put your kids above everything or you try to. Mm-hmm. I think that that is also right. Something society has taught us. Like as a mother, you should be selfless. As a mother, you should put your kids Mm -hmm. above your own. I know we get to this a little bit later to like really flesh this out, but I think, right, that is such a dangerous, yeah, like line of thinking and a lot to put on, you know, any one person. And so I think that kind of brings me to my next point, which is the two components of guilt. Um, And when you start thinking about guilt, you first have to figure out like, what type of guilt am I experiencing? kind of experiencing. We mm-hmm. hear so many types, like there's survivor's guilt, there is uh, parental guilt, there's moral guilt, and so on and so on and so on. 
And while some sources specifically will like outline four or more types of guilt, I think they boil down to just two, appropriate guilt and irrational guilt. You know, appropriate guilt is just that. It's guilt that is appropriately placed on you based on a behavior that doesn't align, doesn't align to your values or your morality. When mm-hmm. you experience, you know, appropriate guilt, we have the ability to do something about it, right? So it gives us a chance to make it right. It's that feeling of that wasn't cool. You know, I want to commit to the behavior of growth and changing that behavior with such like apologies or at the very least setting the intention, right, to not make that mistake again. Now, irrational guilt, that is messy and filled with a (laughs) lot of like wounds and unlike processed crap. And I think that that's exactly where, you know, mom guilt starts to fall fall into, in my opinion. Um, So you have this society telling you that it's kind of appropriate guilt if you're not, you know, um, being the the perfect mom, if you will, which I wouldn't even know what that is. But I don't know. What do you think? It's not attainable. You know, like it's just it's it's something that you always will strive for. Like just speaking from my personal experience as a mom, like it's it's so hard because it's not attainable, but you always want it to be. So it's hard because, you know, appropriate guilt would be something for for me, for example, would be telling my kids I'm going to do something like I'm going to be at your game. And then for whatever reason, I'm not. I was raised. My dad like drilled it into me. You don't tell kids that you're going to do something and then not follow through. I will say he was very good about that. But if for whatever reason I don't make it there, it's going to throw me off and I'm going to feel horrible. So if I don't live up to a task that I committed to, I feel very guilty, which I think is appropriate because that's my moral compass. You know, that's what I follow. It's how I was raised. And I don't like to not follow through for my kids. Now, when we're talking about inappropriate guilt, which I feel like the majority of mom guilt is inappropriate guilt because we're only one person. We just we can only be in one place at once. So I would feel, you know, both my boys have a game at the same time, right? I can't be at both places. Like, I just can't. So then I'm faced with that decision. Okay, whose am I going to go to? And it's a lose-lose. No matter who I pick, someone is going to be disappointed that I'm not there. And, you know, they know I'm only one person, but they're going to be upset. And so to me, that is guilt, I will feel, but it's more inappropriate because there is nothing, I I can't clone myself, you know? (laughs) Oh, man, I had so many jokes about your boys in there, but I, I let it slide because <laughs> um, they, they, they definitely believe that you could be in two places at once. You are super mad. I know. But I think that that example, quite honestly, perfectly highlights what I was saying earlier about like guilt being super unique to the person because of the link to it. They're like someone's values. Right. Um, you, you know, you valuing your ability to be reliable and showing up when you say you will causes you to endure the stress of guilt when that doesn't happen like that 100 percent aligns if you say you are going to do something and you don't do it you made an active choice to do it something else like meeting me for happy hour yes 100 percent. you can feel guilty if you told your boys you're going to the game and we went to happy hour <laughs> like i believe that that's appropriate but right. i want to i want to spin this question to you because i think this is where mom guilt and guilt in general becomes so dangerous Let's say you told the boys you would be at their game and then 
an emergency came up with your brother, Dan. Yes, her brother's name is Dan. And you had to miss the game because you had to show up for Dan. Would that still feel like appropriate guilt? Like it gets so tricky. I mean, I definitely think it definitely changes things for sure. I would, you know, I would still feel guilty because I know I also think, too, like for me, it depends on the ages. I think my oldest would he's nine. I think he would understand and he just has more of an understanding nature. He's so empathetic. And then you have Owen, who I love him to death. Savage. His personality will serve him so well when he is older, but he is more difficult. And, you know, he would be more like, you weren't there. Why weren't you there? And I don't think he would necessarily understand that, you know, in the hierarchy of things, my brother needed me more than you needed me to be at your game and watch. So it definitely does change the situation and may allow you to give yourself a little bit more grace. But it's still there, man. It's like it doesn't go away. And it's so annoying. I mean, I 100% agree with guilt being annoying. I just most of the time want to scream at it. You can't sit with us. Like, yeah, I'm like, 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 I'm just having an ice cream cone. I shouldn't have to feel guilty that like, you know, it's 14 points on Weight Watchers. Right. (laughs) But right there is where I think that appropriate guilt goes into inappropriate guilt and for sure mom guilt, right? Like it's when we allow that to like affect our day because you couldn't be in two Mm -hmm. places at once. Right. So we're going to call it mom guilt for today's episode because TT, you are a mom. But I just want to call out while it has been coined mom guilt, and there's a ton of research about, you know, why it's called mom guilt in recent years, you know, just a nod to the dads and the guardians who also face this. And Mm -hmm. the term that we should all use when incorporating or speaking generally was parental guilt. And so with that, just wanted to give that nod. But with parental guilt, there's a lot of like conflict, discomfort and doubt around like parenting decisions. And I mean, I can't imagine I'm Addie's mom, Addie's my dog. And (laughs) like the amount that I put on that poor dog about, oh, no, you're sad because I'm downstairs all day. I didn't. I I just couldn't. I and then balancing not only those parenting decisions, but also with all the responsibilities and obligations like outside of your children, but also not really because, right, like you need to go to work to make money just to to provide for those children. There's just, it's so complicated. Right. This guilt not only affects mental well-being of parents, but I think something that's not really talked about is the long-term effects on your children's well-being, their internal narrative and the expectations of themselves and others. And I'm not saying this in any way to, to, you know, to rub salts in the wound, but more so... It's a kind of a reverse psychology all my moms out there, right? Because I, I feel like if any, if there's any way to stop this, you know, doing it for your kids would probably be the highest motivator you could, you guys could kind of get on. But yeah, I'm just going to start 100%. by saying, like, this statistic is crazy. 94% of all moms in this study that was done by the NIMH reported feeling some form of mom guilt throughout all stages of motherhood. It's crazy. That, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. So prepping for this episode, TT, I actually really realized that when you and I first met, honestly, before getting close to you, I didn't know what mom guilt was. Like, yeah, as a definition or, you know, uh, you know, I hadn't, my client, it just it had never really come across in my life. And I think I understood it. It's just 
like I said, none of my friends had kids. No, yeah. like you were my first and we got so close. And, mm-hmm. you know, I look at my mom and her and I are so close, but like, I don't, you don't get to know that aspect of your mom. You know what I mean? Like the mom guilt yeah. she has inside. Yes, but that's the, so true. But you were really the first person, you know, because I saw the consistent mental warfare, like the yeah. closer we got and the more you felt like you could share with me. I don't know how you manage that burden, keeping the boys alive, working keeping your other alive jobs, was t- other still jobs. tough. <laughs> Facts. But also just, you know, being a wife. And on that list, I didn't even say, hey, taking care of you. I- I'm right. truly still in awe of like, you know, all that you're able to do. I'm all of all moms. I'm like, I can barely do me. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, before I touch on that, I want to go back real quick how you were talking about the guilt that you have and how that can affect your children in the future. It is so hard because I just experienced seeing that firsthand when Owen was in the hospital for his tongue reduction surgery. There was a moment where he needed to take his medicine. It was like non-negotiable. And I'm always placed in that situation, right? Because I'm always the one there. I'm I'm the one that has to hold him down. And it's like one of the most heartbreaking things that I ever have to do to him. And I, you know, had to hold him down. We had to try and give him his meds. He was screaming, freaking out, looking at me like, why are you doing this to me? Like, you're supposed to be my protector type of thing. So over time, like the next day, like it just became too much for me. And I was trying to hold it all together. And he had another bad time taking his meds and I just could not hold it together. And I cried in front of him and he saw me cry. So he started to cry and then he started to blame himself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to give myself grace because while I'm very upset and I am beating myself up for having to do this to him, me breaking down is making him feel guilty. Because yeah. I'm upset. I'm like, this is and because such a crazy circle. It's I so can't. Effed, right? Like, exactly. It's so though. effed. And that is like a more, tra- like Owen has a lot of medical like complexities and, you know, he right. has a rare disease, BWS. And so that I think is a separate layer. But th- imagine just on a micro level, right? If you're consistently right. beating yourself up or you're consistently showing, I mean, I say I yes. one of the best fights my mom and I ever got into was when uh, her and I, we were arguing about something and I was like, how, if you want to do something for me, how about you model how to take care of yourself so that I might learn how to do that? You know, and I, Ooh. and I said this in anger, but it was such a really good breakthrough moment for us because, you know, yeah. her, her selflessness or her, that has made me believe that in order to be worthy, in order to be any, right? Like that I needed to right. be that level of selfless. And, and then, so then I struggle to balance yeah. what I want. And so. I feel like you have your example all the way at the extreme and then all these micro examples yep. to it. Um, 100%. And like, it's hard with with guilt too because when it comes to sharing mom guilt, most times people think that it's more difficult to share your guilt with someone that doesn't necessarily understand, right? To me, I almost feel, it, I mean, it's hard to share with regardless of who you're sharing it with. But there are so many times that I have shared my mom guilt with other moms and like immediately regretted it. Like, why did I just do that? Because it's now a competition. And it's now like, oh, you know, at least you don't have this situation going on. Or like, it's so toxic. And it's just like, I don't know, when I was able to share it with you, it was almost like a breath of fresh air because 
you knew me for me. You saw my struggle. You didn't have anything to compare it to. And you were able to just be like, this is really hard. And I can't believe you're dealing with that. But sometimes like when you're sharing it with someone that has situations that they can compare it to, it almost becomes like a default reaction to like try and make the person feel better by negating like what they're going through. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I think there's a negating or trying to make to remedy their own mom guilt um, by putting someone out. I feel like there's two situations. I was so big mad. I was so big mad about about this statistic when I came across it. And yeah, I have to take I have to take a deep breath on this one. But 32% of mothers reported that their guilt was coming from other identified mothers. And this was a study done at Phillips Health. And so that just like, I was so angry. I mean, the other one is like the 64% was from healthcare providers. And that kind of, there was, I didn't know, but I don't know enough about that culture. But like, to me, the active, the people who are supposed to get it and show up for you, it must be just very, very lonely to feel like you can't Yeah. And it is lonely. And like, I am really blessed. I have a great husband. You know him. He drives me insane. Absolutely bonkers. But he is a very good yin to my yang. He's more calm and stuff like that. But that also can be really difficult and kind of make me feel like I'm alone on an island because, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. He's very good at recognizing when I'm spreading myself too thin and when I am doing too much. But then like, he'll tell me and I'll get mad at him because I'm like, How dare you accuse me of doing too much for my babies? There's no such thing as that. You let me do what I need to do for my babies. But he's trying to be like, hey, like you need to give yourself a break. So it is hard because you need someone like that. But at the same time, they just don't get it on the same level. I feel like that, you know, I do. It's 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 hard. Well, and as I watch, I'm watching my sister kind of go through early motherhood and I see honestly all the amazing things that she has done. And I'm the first that I to say, TT, you know, I would just call her out and be like, oh, yeah, I'm worried about this. I'm sure I texted you at one point just being like, I'm worried. And then just watching her transform into the mother she is, it's just been honestly such a blessing. She is just phenomenal. And yet yeah. we all talk to her and I'm literally shocked that, mind you, my sister, who has always been pretty confident, you know, at least in, in a play, more playful way, um, just how much this wonderful mother is doing above and beyond for her child and all of her other responsibilities and and doing it all in 24 hours. But yet she is hung up on the one decision that she was unsure of, or she's hung up on, you know, not giving my niece Reagan um, too much screen time, not enough screen time, vegan. Like it's always like, there's always something that's there. And yeah, I think the worst part is that I, I can validate, right? I can, I can validate. I can stand with her, but I can't, right? I, I can't take that guilt away from her. And I think mm-hmm. that's a unique aspect of mom guilt is that you have to deal with the primal of being a mom, on yes. top of the like mental of you know what I'm saying. Like so, to me, it's it's like even if you handle like traditional excessive guilt, you're there's this aspect, I think, of a mom, right? Like, I mean, you literally grow a baby for nine months. Like, you have to. to yeah. that, there's got to be some connection there. It, it um, is primal. Like, there, it is. Like, you, you see the things of, like, the lions and the, like, don't mess with my cubs. Like, it, it, it is. It's just, like, it, it's something else. 
Well, and you know, I, I think that it's hard to always know what to say. And people don't, I have learned with my rare disease that when people don't know what to say, they usually say something not so great or invalidating to make themselves feel more comfortable as opposed to like helping the person. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I, so yeah, I don't know. It's hard, you know, especially when you're throwing on top of mom guilt, you're throwing chronic illness or a rare disease. It literally just compounds everything. And that's life, right? Like, I might, you know, I have a, my own chronic illness. My son has Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome, which is a rare disease. And someone else might have, you know, they just lost someone in their life that they love. Or, you know, everyone has their own yeah. thing. And when you add compounding components on top of the original guilt that you just always feel, it's really difficult because you're constantly wrestling with yourself is really what it what it feels like you know you're constantly mental just warfare like, yeah it really is mental warfare you always feel like you're disappointing someone you know and you just have to you just have to wrestle with it and you just have to constantly give yourself grace is like my biggest thing yeah i mean i i think for me personally i don't i, I can't remember that's how young i think i was when i like developed my guilt complex if you will um, right. And so for anyone who, you know, doesn't know, doesn't know the term, I'm going to define it for you real quick. When I'm talking about guilt complex, I'm referring to the persistent belief that you have done something wrong or that you will do something wrong. And I feel like mom guilt as a whole is the nature of like what a guilt complex persona has, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, I think I fall under the guilt complex archetype because I can remember from pretty early age feeling poorly for a lot of things outside of my control. Like when somebody would get picked on or talked about, I would feel really guilty about being scared to stand up for them. Or it might, I might not have even been there, right? Like I, I could have, it could have been in another class, but like the immense right. amount of like guilt um, and then like sadness that I would feel was crazy for something that I wasn't responsible and then jumped to my 20s. And I cannot tell you how often when someone did not respond to me after I reached out that <laughs> I would immediately think to myself, oh, fuck, what did I do wrong? Did I upset them? Mm -hmm. Like replaying and ruminating and ruminating everything that I could have done, you know, a five minute period. And, you know, then that leads to, of course, like behaviors that are either in defense of like when I would ruminate and then essentially nothing would, I, I couldn't come up with a single possible thing that I could have done wrong. Like I was sleeping or something. Then that defense comes out like, okay, well, I'm going to leave before you, like it's just a, a, a toxic cycle. And, mm -hmm. or, you know, it would come out as like rapid, like texting, being like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I did, but please say, you know, whatever. Because. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And that guilt, that guilt seriously wouldn't release from me until like the person responded. And usually right. they just like forgot their phone or something. And I think part of that is the problem because if you're having to guess, did I hurt? Like, did I do something? Did I not? If people were just straightforward and were just like, yep, like this is how you hurt me. This is what we did. Then it wouldn't perpetuate the the guilt that you already have. And like you're ruminating, you know what I mean? 
But if they shut you out, you have no way of knowing. So I do think people can also make that problem a little bit worse. But to your point, though, right, if you had to guess when you were a child, right, if you did something wrong, because you never knew if your parent was or was not going to be upset with you over something, Mm -hmm. that's where it starts, right? And the same thing for the person who is like avoiding that conflict. There's a pattern there that they were taught. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's it just it gets so messy. And I will say, just let's be real, so emotionally and mentally exhausting. And it has just so much. a profound effect on your mental health and your well-being. And and now in my mid-30s, I still see it. Something will happen at work and I catch myself over apologizing, despite I'm still in therapy, you know, and I'm just like, why am I apologizing? So now I can see it, right? But it's still yeah. my go-to thing is to, you know, feel guilty. And then God forbid I tell someone like what I would like, like a, an actual mm-hmm. want, you know, and it's it's a lot. It's hard. And I do think a lot of it, a lot boils down to not necessarily how you're raised. That That is part of it. But like I remember being a kid and, you know, I'm one of 11. I have six sisters and four brothers like I all the time tell my mom, I don't know how you did it. My mom and dad, I don't know how you guys did it. And like, did my parents make mistakes? Hell yeah, they did. Like they made mistakes, but there was so many of us. But what I've taken from that, and I had a really great childhood, but what I've taken from that is when I make a mistake, I really try and apologize for it Mm. to my kids so that they don't foster this kind of like, you know, oh my gosh, like she's so upset with me. I need to apologize a million times. Or like, you know, like just as much as I teach them that they need to, you know, apologize or stuff like that, I want to do the same thing because I don't want to foster these kind of mechanisms that I see myself using as an adult. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to ever feel more guilty than they are already going to normally feel because that comes with life. Well, and I think right there, that example of like, that's the appropriate guilt cycle completed, right? right? Through apology yes. and behavior. And yes. I mean, one of the most fascinating guilt stories is how it manifests in, in Carrie, my wife. She yeah. has so much inappropriate guilt and she mm-hmm. allows that emotional power to literally make 99.96521% of her decisions. <laughs> and that's not a good cycle, right? Because you're doing it based Mm -hmm. on something you didn't do or something that isn't real. So a lot of times it's like she'll decide not to hang out with her friends because she felt guilty that I was home alone. I love being home alone. She knows this. I hope you're listening. I still love being home alone. You know? So so she's created this and then she makes her decisions based on it. And like, that's a very low value one. But there there are a lot of big life decisions that yeah, I've had to be like, I'm not doing this based on your guilt. Like, I'm not making a decision. Well, and yeah, it can also like that whole cycle can really foster resentment, especially in a marriage. No, it's so true. Before we go, TT, do you have um, anything that you want to send out to the mamas out there who might be experiencing mom guilt? Yes, I do. For moms, you need to always remember, and I have to remind myself of this all the time, you cannot, and I repeat, cannot pour from an empty cup. It's not possible. There is so much guilt around taking care of yourself because you're taking time away from your kids, but you literally can't give your kids the best of you if your cup is not full. And it was funny. I actually, today I was at the gym and I was tagged in a post about guilt and exercising. (laughs) And, you know, I work out every day. I, I make it like 
a, a priority for myself because I know it makes my body feel better, my mental health, everything, just so many different things. You know, I plan it around when my kids are in school, but when they're off in the summer, I'm home. So they're home, I'm home, and, you know, we're still going. And basically the post said, do you feel guilty for taking time away from your family to work out alone? And the response was, no, I feel guilty when I'm an absolute asshole to them because I haven't had any space. (laughs) And I mean... So true! Right? Like, if that doesn't sum it up for you, I don't know what will. I mean, you have to prioritize yourself so that you can put forth the best version of yourself for your kids. And I've learned that it's a learning experience. It's a learning curve. So I would say fill your cup. And then for people that are conversing with moms that are speaking about their guilt, I would just be graceful. Grant them grace. Don't compare. Don't make them feel like, well, at least you didn't have this or that to deal with. That shit helps absolutely no one. And again, no one wants to win that award. That award for who has it worse sucks, and I don't want it. You can have it. (laughs) Oh, the worst of words. I swear, you are so right. And I I don't, it's like, I didn't ask to be in these Olympic Games. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, may the odds be ever in your favor. Like, no one wants to be here. No one wants to be here. Oh, my God, that's great. (laughs) All right, now, if you're like me and have dog mom guilt or a complex persona, here's a quick tool to take with you to combat the consistent feeling of guilt. This tool is called Responsibility Pie, which can help you identify what you're accountable for and what you're not so you can hopefully release some of that inappropriate guilt. So the first step is you're going to draw a pie chart representing how responsible you feel for the situation. Often people tend to blame themselves entirely, but the aim of this exercise is to reflect on a situation as a whole and think about who or what else might have contributed to what happened. You can change the pie chart as you go along, letting a more balanced view start to emerge. Don't worry too much about making the chart mathematically accurate. Just try to get things on paper so that you can visually see the situation from a different view. While reflecting, it might help to remember also that cause and blame do not have to be the same thing. The end result will hopefully be that you have a new perspective from which you can view what happened. It should become easier for you to explore any responsibility that is genuinely yours so you can take action on it and release any inappropriate guilt that you may be carrying. That's it for this week's episode, peeps. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit that follow button and leave a review. We love hearing from you. We'll be in your feeds again Thursday for this week's Bite of Balance. Until then, mind your health. Seriously, you're fine. You're fine because you have the power to access your place of peace anytime you need it. However, if you get stuck, we're right at the palm of your hand to help. Check out our show notes for this week's source list, recommended content, and Cabana live group schedule. We'll catch you next week for a brand new episode of You're Always Fine. The team at Cabana has found your reset button. The answer, Cabana Pods, acoustic soundproof booths with immersive micro-vacations proven to boost your mood in just five minutes. To learn more about Cabana Pods, visit www.evenhealth.com slash pods.